Alright guys, welcome back. This is Nick. And this is Faye. And this is... Priyag's Over, Over Coffee. Coffee. So today we have with us uh, Dr. Stephanie Roth, who is a assistant professor of obstetrics and gynecology at the University of South Florida, and she is also the residency program director. Uh, welcome, Dr. Roth. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Ross, um, we're here in Las Vegas. Uh, it's 2019 SMFM meeting. Um, there's lots of exciting things going on. What are you most excited about? I always love coming to this meeting because I feel like I walk away with so many ideas about what's coming you know, through the pipeline as far as people's work that they're doing um, at the cutting edge of MFM. I feel like you always walk away inspired with tons of projects to start at your own place. Um, so between getting up to date on what's been going on, new ideas, and then I'll always catching up with friends that you don't get to see all the time, people who've sort of dispersed around the country, people from fellowship and residency. It's always nice to do that. Dr. Ross, so can you tell us a little bit about your background and, you know, what got you excited or interested in obstetrics and gynecology and MFM? And basically, if you have anything that you want to impart onto our listeners, like um, OBGYN residents and uh, students in general. So I started out actually as a high school teacher. I was a high school biology teacher for two years. Um, but I just always had this thing in the back of my mind that I wanted to be a doctor. And so eventually that, that urge just won out. And so I went to medical school and obstetrics was, was a no brainer. It was the thing that just grabbed me on day one. There's nothing like the magic of delivering a baby. But as I was going through my residency, I realized it was really the complicated patients that were the most satisfying because, you know, when you get to that patient that has 10 million things on her problem list and you can really make a giant difference in that patient's life. You can treat somebody who, you know, 100 years ago would have died in pregnancy and childbirth, and now you can get them to a successful birth and, and have them help them start a family. It's, it's an extremely rewarding possible thing to do for a family. So that, um, that just captured me, and I, I've never looked back. <laughs> Is there any particular interests that you have within the field of MFM? So being that I started out as a teacher, that education bug always stayed with me. So um, I'm really interested in educating residents, educating fellows. Um, I do a lot of simulation stuff back at my home program. So I find like that is very interesting. And then side interest that I have, um, I'm really interested in genetics. I've been lucky enough to be on the ACOG genetics committee for a couple of years and just all the advances that are going on in genetics are sort of nonstop. So I think that is a really exciting part of our field. And I think that that's going to be a place where so much is going to change in the next couple of years. It already has in the recent past, but it's going to continue. So I feel like genetics is, is a really exciting area. And recurrent pregnancy loss has been something that I've kind of developed a little bit of a, of a niche in. It's, again, one of this, these like subgroups of patients that they've been through so much and it's such a challenging experience, but you can make a real big difference for them. And it's, it's really rewarding to help them have a baby to bring home. So from your position, Dr. Ross, what advice do you have for people like me and Nick? So we are third years. We're actually applying into MFM, you know, coming up in the next couple months and knock on wood, we'll get into fellowship. But do you have any advice for people like us? Do you have any insight into what it's like to go from being a resident to being a fellow and beyond? I think the first thing that you need to do as you're considering the application process is you really need to take a minute and think about who you are and what you want and be honest with yourself about it. You know, there's so much opportunity all across the country and all of the fellowship programs are unique. They have different things that they offer and different strengths that they're um, presenting to people. And you really have to sit back and think what it is that you want and what it is that you're looking for. 
because the major difference between residency and fellowship is that, you know, you can go to residency and pretty much everywhere you go in the country, you're going to get pretty comparable training. People are trained to do the same basic things. Fellowship is very different. You're going into a career that's quite diverse. You have to think a little bit about, you know, is your career going to be very heavily research-based? Is your career going to be very heavily clinical? Are you more interested in certain clinical conditions over others? So there's a lot to think about there that will help guide you as far as where you should focus your energies, because fellowship is a very, very different circumstance than residency, and it's a really special time that you want to take advantage of. Do you have any strategies or advice for residents in particular that say, you know, we're really excited, we're at MFM, so we'll say we're really excited about MFM, but no preterm birth grabs me and then critical care grabs me and then genetics and fetal intervention and all sorts of things like you have this almost it's ADD mindset towards everything is exciting. How do you really like sit down with yourself and say, this is where I want to be? That is a great question because really, how do you not get excited about all of the different yeah, aspects of this? Field? Right, that's, right. that's part of the joy of it is that there's so much diversity in it. I don't think that you need to pigeonhole yourself and say, you know, I'm a third year resident and I'm going to determine today that I'm going to be the world's expert on just preterm birth. I don't think you need to do something as drastic as that. But I think if you know, if you do happen to be one of those people who knows that diabetes is their passion, well, then you should go seek out some places with mentorship and diabetes. But if you're more like the average person who kind of just loves everything, then you should probably focus on trying to find a place where the mentorship will be matched up with your vision for what you want. So if you know, you know, gosh, I, clinical medicine is really exciting to me. Well, then you can seek mentorship and seek programs that provide the mentorship to help you down that pathway. I think SMFM itself as an organization is a great resource. They have um, through their website, there's a ton of ways that you can link up with mentors across multiple different institutions. Um, and that would be a great place to start asking questions about, you know, what is what does this program offer? What does that program offer? It's such a tight-knit community that even if you connect with one person in one place, they will know and they will be able to guide you about multiple places across the country. So I think that um, using SMFM as a resource is a great first step. Now that you kind of come out on the other side and now that you are an MFM attending, is there anything that you kind of wish that you had known before going into fellowship? Any advice that you would give to someone to say, you know, this is what I'm looking for in a fellow and um, this is what, you know, um, I would want in a fellow and this is what I wish I had known when I had gone into fellowship. One thing that was a little bit difficult to adapt to was to get out of this mindset of you're not a fifth year resident, you're a fellow. And it's a very different concept. So there was a lot of guilt for me in the first year of, gosh, I should be putting in orders or gosh, I should be going and doing that speculum exam. And, you know, I, I felt like I had... um I was just feeling very guilty that I, I needed to do more of the day-to-day -day sort of ins and outs of L&D, when really that shouldn't have been my focus. And it was finally one of my mentors who sat with me and said, you know, you're not supposed to do these jobs. <laughs> so I think there's this temptation because you're so fresh from it to try to be the chief resident plus, and that's not your job. And by doing too much of that, you're actually taking away from the residents that are going through that experience, one. Um, but two, you're putting your time and energy toward things that are not where you should be focusing your own. And you should be focusing on things like trying to figure out where your career is going to take you and working on your thesis and different things that are more important for you as a fellow. What was the biggest adjustment for you from fellowship to attending life? I didn't 
realize the gift that I was given in fellowship of time. In fellowship, it felt during it like I was extremely busy and constantly uh, over overloaded with tasks. But then once I hit my faculty position, I realized that the amount of time that was really protected for me as a fellow was a total gift and that um, I wouldn't have that same thing as a faculty member. So then there was a lot of reshuffling of of learning kind of all over again how to manage my time. Speaking about things like time management and things like that, Dr. Ross, what keeps you grounded? What makes it so that, you know, you still are able to get up and go to work every day? My position as program director. I feel like teaching and being involved in resident education is what lights my fire. And, you know, that first time you do a C-section with an intern and the way that their eyes just bow like out of their head when they, <laughs> you know, have that scalpel or, you know, the the magic of, you know, teaching a medical student how to do an ultrasound. I mean, all those firsts for me are the thing that keep me going. So I think that keeping that education as part of my day-to-day is what makes me just so excited to go to work every day. Anything you do outside the hospital for fun? Um, my two kids keep me super duper busy <laughs> whenever I'm not at the hospital. And um, I'm sort of known as like the Disney junkie. So I think I spend probably as much time at Disney World as I do at home. Oh, man. What's your favorite park? Uh, do I have to pick one? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite ride? Um, it's the Small World ride. Oh. <laughs> it's just oh. a classic. How do you say no? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I actually, I went to Epcot for the first time this past year, and that was a totally new experience. It was really neat. Yeah. I think they're all very unique and they all offer something pretty fun. Yeah, I think I need to go. I actually grew up in Southern California, so we had Disneyland and there was no impetus to go to Disney World, but I feel like I've heard so many good things about Disney World and now that I'm on the <laughs> East Coast, I just I I should just go. Let me know. I'll be happy to be your tour guide. Oh yeah. <laughs> Any other kind of final thoughts or words, Dr. Ross, for our listeners? I think I really cannot underscore enough the importance of good mentorship. And I think that um, there are so many people involved in MFM who are willing and excited to help guide the next generation of MFMs. So you should feel free to not only within your own institutions, but across the country, reach out and, um, you know, use the SMFM Mentor Match program, grab people. They are truly more than happy to hear you out and offer you advice as far as career path, as far as life, as far as, you know, what programs to choose, really anything that you can come up with. Um, I think that, you know, all of these folks who you see on the stage here at SMFM are really normal people who want to help the next generation be amazing. Thank you so much, Stephanie Ross, for coming in and um, giving us your time to be on this podcast. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. So once again, guys, I'm Nick. I'm Faye. And this has been Creogs Over Coffee. If you like our podcast, go ahead and find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or any of your other podcatchers and give us a five-star rating and review. If you have anything to reach out and say to us, find us online on Twitter at CreogsOverCoff1, on Facebook at CreogsOverCoffee, or on our website at www.CreogsOverCoffee.com. And if you want to give us some support for some cool swag, you can find us on www.Patreon.com slash CreogsOverCoffee. We love to hear from you with ideas for new interviews, new topics, or anything else. Just email us at creogsovercoffee at gmail.com.